What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Chelsea, back at it again with another episode of CNN, a.k.a. Chelsea News Network. I hope each and every one of you had an awesome and wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving. Um, I know I surely did. It was great being able to be around some of my family, even though all of us didn't get to come together because of COVID. It was great, even in these times, just being able to be with your family and just to see how much God has blessed us, even in the midst of what has been a trying, trying year. So it was awesome to do that. Um, So I'm not going to take up too much of y'all time with pleasantries and introductions and stuff. We're going to get right into it. As y'all saw from the topic, this topic is about the church. Um, This topic hits really close to home for me because for those who really do know me know that I am a church kid. I grew up in the church. So this topic hits home. I might get a little emotional. Don't judge me, but it is what it is. So we're going to get into it. Um, so a little bit about me as far as church goes. I grew up Pentecostal apostolic. Um, that is what I still identify as. Um, let me break it down for y'all. For those that don't know what Pentecostal apostolic is, it is a denomination under Christianity. Now there is Pentecostal, there's apostolic, and then there is Pentecostal apostolic. Being Pentecostal means that you believe in the Pentecost experience. So when Christ ascended into heaven after he had risen, uh, three days prior, he, let he left the comforter which is the holy ghost and that is speaking in tongues for those of y'all who have been to church you know speaking in tongues is that relation that relationship that connection um that communication between you and god and that is what being pentecostal is you believe in the pentecost experience you believe in speaking in tongues being apostolic is when you believe in the apostles doctrine so you must repent you must be baptized you must um confess christ as your savior that is what that is um, and then being Pentecostal apostolic is when you combine both of those. So as a somebody who identifies as Pentecostal apostolic, I believe in speaking in tongues and I also believe in the apostles doctrine. Um, so that's what that is. I went to a Pentecostal apostolic church and in doing that, my parents were figures of authority. Uh, my dad is the head deacon of our church. My mom was in literally every auxiliary you could think of women's hospitality usher like my mama did it all um and with that I think came this stigma of having to be the perfect child um so me being you know because my parents were figures of authority my siblings and I were in this public eye if you will um and it wasn't always the easiest because you know you're a church kid but at the end of the day you're still a kid and I think having to find that balance of in between being a church kid but also being a kid was really really difficult um and I can't speak on the experience of my siblings because for them it might not have been difficult but I think for me um always being that child that questioned things I think out of all of my siblings I was always the one to question everything that I had to do that was told to me my mom said well you have to do it like this well why 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 do I have to do it like that um I think I was always that child and I was always and I'm not ashamed to admit that I was always the child that pushed the limits as far as I can go um and I think I still do that sometimes to this day but that's neither here nor there we're gonna move on (laughs) Um, but yeah, I was always a child to push limits. And so when it came to finding a balance between being a church kid and being a kid, I, um, it was difficult, especially from elementary, I'll say to high school. Um, I got saved at a very early age. I got saved August 8th, 2007. Um, it has been a interesting 13 years in my walk with Christ. Um, 
And because I got saved at such a young age, I got saved when I was in the second grade, um, the, the, the evolution of who I am has been an interesting journey. Um, especially trying to figure out who I am and cries out from under John and Felicia, my parents. Um, and through elementary, it was just like, oh, she's the girl that wears skirts all the time. She's the girl that doesn't wear earrings and doesn't wear makeup. And it really did too much bother me because I went to a charter school. We all wore uniforms. I just so happened that I wore skirts instead of wearing pants like the other girls. Um, and it didn't really much too much bother me. Um, middle school, sixth and seventh grade, it was just like, mm, okay, yeah, I'm the church kid that doesn't wear skirt that wears skirts all the time, that doesn't wear pants. Okay, I'll say eighth to ninth grade when you really started getting into having boyfriends and you know wearing like girls actually like wearing makeup and wearing jewelry and you know wearing their own type of clothing because you know in high school we didn't have to wear uniform um that's when I'll say things got difficult because I was and what you would say a culture shock I wasn't around a uniform type of life um and so coming to high school and trying to figure out who I was as far as Chelsea, the teenager, but Chelsea, the teenager, who's also in church, um, was very, very difficult because I wanted to fit in so bad that I was I had no problem conforming. Um, and I'm OK with admitting that now, because in order to to grow, we have to look at our past journeys. Um, and so, yeah, high school was difficult because that's when things start getting interesting. Like you start growing up, you start becoming a young adult and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, I still want to be Chelsea, the church kid, but I also want to be Chelsea that fits in and that has friends. Um, and so I didn't know how to balance the two. I didn't. And I went in a really downward spiral. Um, and I will say this as a disclosure, I say this to everybody. If you didn't grow up in church, you don't understand the struggle that comes with being a church kid. Like that is its own separate entity, separate struggle, separate journey in itself. Like if you, for those who are listening and grew up in church, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Especially those who had parents who were authority figures in the church. Like it's hard. It's hard. Like trying to figure out who you are in Christ while also trying to figure out who you are just as an individual. Um, and then trying to figure that out, out from under the shadow of your parents, not me, Chelsea, Deacon Fitzpatrick and Sister Lishi's child, but Chelsea Fitzpatrick herself. Um, it was hard, um, especially my junior and senior year. I felt like I was grown, especially when I turned 18. I was like, oh, baby, I'm grown. You can't tell me what to do. I'm grown. Um, and me trying to be grown. God, um, one of the things that I'm thankful for is that my parents allowed experience to be my teacher. And by experience, I mean God. They allowed God to be my teacher in some in some things. And it was just like, I got into a point where it was like, I know that I love the Lord, but I don't know if this is what I want to do. And it took me going through some hell my, my senior year that I was just like, oh, oh, wait, no, I need you, God. I need you, God. And I, I had to realize that for myself is that you're put... How do I put this? You're put in this in this life not to be like everybody else. And I didn't realize that at first. I wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't want to be the outsider, the one that, you know, that didn't wear pants and didn't wear makeup and didn't wear jewelry and didn't do this and didn't do that. I didn't want to be that girl. 
because I felt like I was I was putting a light on myself that I didn't want. I wanted to be like everybody else. And I didn't realize the beauty in being different and being that kid that was like, oh, she don't do this. That's interesting. I want to learn more about her. I didn't realize how great that was at first. Um, but yeah, that being a church kid, I'm not going to say it's impossible to do, but it ain't for the week. I will say that. Um, yeah. And with that, there was always this need to be perfect because of who my parents were. I will say this at growing up as a kid, whoopings, I was scared of them. Definitely afraid of whoopings. I don't like pain. I have a low tolerance for it, but I was more afraid of, I'll say even terrified of disappointing my parents. I hated hearing from my mom and dad, you disappointed me. I hated that. I would have rather took the whooping, like just beat me, please. Don't, don't, please don't say I disappointed you. I don't know. It just stung more. And I think that's with anybody that I look up to or that I hold to a value in my life. I'd rather you physically hurt me than for you to say that I disappointed you. And I think that came from me growing up in church and having these parents who, who are authoritative figures and having to walk this fine line, fine line, as I said, of being a kid, but also being a kid who is in church and has parents who are in this, in this light. Um, And so even now I have this perfectionist complex and I'm, I'm slowly realizing thanks to therapy that you're not always going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. And I feel like and this is in no way of me talking down on my church, but I think anybody can relate to this. Like I said, they grew up in church is that there are some people in all of our church environments that if you make a mistake, they will never let you live it down. And because I'm one that doesn't like to be talked about and that wants to be perfect in everybody's eyes, I tried to make sure that all my eyes and all my T's were dotted. And when I messed up, I was harder on myself than anybody else could have been. Like, I, I hate, I remember there was an incident. And for those who know me, they know exactly what incident I'm talking about. There was an incident my senior year. I was, it was in May of my senior year. I was going into being a freshman in college that something happened. I'm not going to say what it is, but those who are listening, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, something happened. And, and looking back on it, it was very, very simplistic. Um, very, very juvenile. Uh, but it blew up into a very, very big thing. And I got in trouble. I got in trouble for it. Um, and I think out of my pastor, my mother and my father, I was probably my biggest disciplinarian. I was so hard on myself because it was like, how could you make such a stupid mistake? How could you do this? Da, 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 this and that. And because I, I wanted so much to be perfect in the eyes of my, not just my parents, but in the eyes of everybody at church, I was hard on myself. Because I felt like I didn't do that. Um, and with that came anxiety. It came depression. Um, I, I I hated who I was. Because I wasn't I wasn't perfect. I wasn't being the perfect Chelsea that I was. That I, you know, thought I was anyway. Um, and it was tough. It was difficult. Oh, God, I feel like I'm about to start crying. Um, it was tough. It was difficult. Um, because when... And for some, y'all may not get it because, like I said, unless you grow up in a church environment, you 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 just really don't get it. Um, God, it was years ago and I still get emotional talking about it. Um, it was a really dark period for me because I felt like everybody was talking about me. Everybody was looking at me in a different way. And I felt like I had no allies. 
And when you get to a point where you feel like everybody is judging you, it's like, well, dang, who am I? What, who, who am I? You know, um, it felt like I couldn't do no right. Um, and when you feel like you, you can't do right in anybody's eyes, it's just like, what's the point? And it got to a point where I was so bitter and hateful towards the people at that church that I started to be bitter and hateful towards God. And that's when I realized you got to let it go. You have to forgive yourself regardless of whether they forgive you because it don't really matter. You have to forgive yourself, bro, because you're getting to a point where you don't even want a relationship with God. And I never want to get that, get there. Um, but getting off of that, because I don't want to cry. Um, I think another big, I probably, I'm probably about to cry at this topic too. I think another big thing for me was the way that my church age demographic is set up. It's a lot of older saints. And then you have a lot of younger saints. And then you have those in those spotty in between age levels. And for me, I have two other siblings. Um, my older brother is 30, 33. He just turned 33. And then my baby sister is 19. Um, so I was obviously too young to hang with my brother and his friends, but too old, too old to hang with my sister and her friends. So I was always in between. Um, except from, I'll say like maybe, maybe two years old to, to 18. I, so about 16 years, I had two friends and still to this day, I don't even call them friends. Those are my sisters, regardless of what our relationship is now. I had two friends that we was down like four flat tires. I got saved when I was seven. They were sisters. I got saved when I was seven. One of them got saved when they were eight. I think the other one was like nine or 10. And you know, that journey, I was so grateful that I had people who understood exactly what, what I was going through. Um, and you know, life, we all grew up. They decided when they turned, when they both turned 18, that, um, this is just not what they wanted to do anymore. Um, and so they left one moved out of the city. Another one moved all the way out of state. And then I, I'll say that the relationship with the church and them kind of fell off when they were like 16. So they just stopped coming. And then by 18, it was just like, yeah, I'm getting the heck out of Indianapolis. I'm getting the heck out of Indiana. Um, but like that, that really I don't think they knew and I don't think other people at church knew how much them leaving affected me because like I said I didn't really have friends um I'm not really a big people person and I know a lot of people are gonna hear this and be like bro you were in a hundred different activities baby let me tell you let me explain something to you I love the extracurriculars that I'm in but that is for grad school that is so it looked good on my resumes now don't get me wrong I love what I do but like one of the sole reasons why I'm doing all of that is because of grad school. Um, so I'm not a people person and I'm not somebody that easily lets people into my life. Um, but with them, it was different. And so when they left it, God, why do I keep crying? I hate that. So when they left, um, it was hard because, you know, these were my sisters. They, they understood exactly what I was going through, everything that I felt when I would go through something at school you know, pertaining to me being, being a church kid, like they, they understood because they were going through the same thing. Their mom was a minister. So they, they knew exactly what I was going through. Um, when they left, I lost, I lost my, my accountability partners. I lost my prayer sisters. Like I lost a piece of me essentially. Um, and it was hard. And so I think a lot of people at my church mistook, mistook 
my my hurt um for being for having an attitude especially because I was going through that teenager phase where every teenager has an attitude about something and a lot of them were like oh Chelsea just got an attitude Chelsea's angry Chelsea don't ever like to smile Chelsea's this and that and I for me I'm one of those people where if you constantly tell me that I'm doing something even though I know I'm not doing it eventually I'm just gonna be like eventually I'm just gonna be like okay I do have an attitude I don't like to smile don't talk to me leave me alone and that's where I think my bitterness came from is because nobody mm, nobody ever took the time I'm sorry y'all when I do that I'm trying not to cry <laughs> nobody ever took the time to say hey what's wrong are you okay what's going on with you um yeah them leaving was probably one of the darkest moments for me going through church because it's hard not having a friend when you're going through something it's hard and when you have people that know exactly what you're going through because they're going through it too, it makes the journey easier. And I lost that. Um, and even now, like, I, I don't have that. Um, even now, like, after church, I'm with my mom. I'm right under my mama. Um, it's hard. And I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that there because I don't want to keep crying anymore. Now... Speeding up to today, young people in the church, I'll say our relationship with the church is very, very interesting um, because I just feel like the church just doesn't get us sometimes. And like I said, I and I'll say this for any community that I'm a part of, be it the black community, be it, you know, Gen Z, be it the church community. I love each and every one of my communities that I'm in, but I'll be the first to say that each and every one of my communities has work to do. And that includes the church. Um, and I think that comes with being more understanding and realizing where we come from as a generation, who we are as a generation. Because the first thing, if you notice, the first thing older saints will say is this generation is this and this generation is that and that and this and that. We learn from y'all. Okay, <laughs> before there was Gen Z, there was millennials and there was generations before that. There were baby boomers. There was the silent generation. Like there were generations before us. So we got to realize that we pick up on the stuff that we didn't just come up with the stuff out of nowhere. We pick up on y'all stuff. Um, so I think understanding that like y'all set the precedence for us. Now we might tweak and take and pull away and replace, but y'all set the precedence for us. Um, because then the first thing that older saints to say is, oh, this new generation, this and that, da da da, this and that, they don't want to do that, or they're they don't like God, their relationship with God. No, 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 no. Because I'll be the first one to say my relationship with God is cool. Me and God, we we two peas in a pot my relationship with the church is a different story and I think it just takes that sit down and trying to talk and trying to figure out who we are to each other um but that is it for this episode I want to thank y'all so much for like just supporting me like that first episode that came out like I wasn't expecting people to to be on the wave the way they were and just to see y'all like showing love on y'all instagrams and y'all snapchats like I ain't gonna lie I cried I didn't used to be this emotional I don't know what the heck happened but I cried because it was just like wow y'all y'all really down for the cause and I appreciate that so I'm super super thankful for each and every one of y'all since it's still the spirit and the season of Thanksgiving I'm super super thankful for each and every one of y'all that have supported me um the next episode is December the 12th and it's gonna be relationships in Gen Z and I have two special guests and I'm super super excited for them to come on this episode with me so 
Thank you. Love you guys so much. Stay safe. Stay happy. And as always, that is how Chelsea sees it. All right, y'all. Peace.